Hello, fellow storytellers. That sounded really cool. We should start every <laughs> podcast like that. Uh, I am Harris the Third. I am here with our usual co-host, Sammy Harvey. Hi. And we have also someone special joining us today, Kellen Robison. Hello. Kellen's uh, in because it is the week of story. We are officially three days away. And so I thought, hey, Kellen, uh, I ran upstairs like, do you want to be on this week's introduction to the podcast? And so I talked her into coming downstairs and joining <laughs> us just so we can have a very short, concise conversation about this crazy event that she's been busting it all year long, working really hard on. So we can all talk about what we're, what we're super excited about. Yeah. So I can't believe it's three days away, three days away. Oh my gosh. And we'll all be at the hall of fame this year in Nashville. So what are you most excited about? Uh, I knew you were going to ask me that question <laughs> and I should have thought about a perfectly concise answer. I'm not allowed to say everything, right? It just all feels so special and personal mm-hmm. to me because I've so many people, myself included, have literally poured blood, sweat and tears into this thing. Literally? I've, yes. I've been working on projects and injured myself and there was blood. <laughs> there has definitely literally been tears people. and it is hot in Nashville the last couple months. So the there's sweat. definitely yeah. been some sweat. So I think all three of those actually apply. Perfect. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, but man, uh, I don't know if I had to pick a few things, you know, I always think that when you go to a conference like story, the highlights that people end up talking about after they leave are not usually the things that they were expecting to leave talking about. I think everybody has like that speaker that's on the list that they're most excited to hear from. And then they come, they hear their talk and it's not at all. It's not at all that that speaker was underwhelming. It's just that there was that person they overlooked on the presenter list. Yeah, they, and were that, they were surprised by They surprised by yeah. and completely blown them away. That's so true. And I, I've got a feeling there's going to be multiple of those moments this year. I think that we've brought in some presenters that people are going to be pretty surprised by how blown away they are. Um, I think Brad Montague is going to be amazing. Everybody knows who Brad is. I love um, him. <laughs> so I don't think he'll be one of the surprise guys. There's a lot of people that are really excited to hear from him. Uh, but I think he's going to do an incredible job. Uh, I think Dan Goods is going to kill it, the guy from NASA. So Dan Goods is the visual strategist for Jet Propulsion Laboratories. Like, that sounds like the That's coolest, the coolest cool. job, it's like job the title best ever. job title in the world. <laughs> um, and I remember when I first brought him up, I was like, I think we should book Dan. And Kellen's like, what, is, what does that mean? What is that job <laughs> title? What does he do every day at NASA? Um, so just really cool. So I think there's people like that, that uh, people may not be completely aware of just how much creative work they've done around the world and they're going to be blown away by their stories. So I don't know. I'm excited to hear what Kellen's excited about. Oh man, there are so many things. Um, I'm, I'm just really excited to watch like this, the things that we've been dreaming up come to life. And I think that we have some really awesome experiential things that the attendees are going to walk into. And I just can't wait to see how they react to them in like the lobby, the lobby. Yeah. The lobby. And there's, there's some other things too that they don't know about that. I think they're going to walk into and be like, Whoa. Um, so I really hope that those are awesome and that they like respond to those really well. And then I'm really excited to hear from Casey Neistat because after learning about him, I'm addicted to his vlogs. Same. Um, his storytelling is incredible, and he captivates you in a way just doing like normal everyday things. And you're like, why am I still watching this? But it is it's so good. good. It's He's just yeah. a really good storyteller. Yes. I'm glad you said him because I feel like when when I first booked him for story, there was there were a few people that were like, he isn't story more for like award-winning filmmakers and stuff. And I don't think they know much of his backstory. The fact that he was winning Mm -hmm. awards as a filmmaker, producing content for HBO. He had a show on HBO and here's a guy who proudly labels himself as a YouTuber, but left his like cushy filmmaking gig to embrace something like YouTube because he wanted full creative freedom. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know that you had consumed tons and tons and tons of his vlogs like you knew who he was but yeah. you were skeptical no and i, I had talked it. you into to start watching and now you're hooked yeah i yeah. only had to watch one of his videos before and now like every time i i'm just go to youtube i'm like what's he got what's he got going on over there now <laughs> like once a day in slack kellen, <laughs> kellen posts something like uh can we please post this casey video to socials um, brandon and awesome. i watch them during our lunch breaks a lot of the time it's like lunchtime. Let's turn on the YouTube. Yes. Watch Casey. <laughs> yes. So many of the talks at Story are more TED length, like they're shorter in that fifteen to twenty minutes. Yeah. Um, Casey's going to be doing a full, much longer talk, oh, and cool. he's doing like a Twitter Q and A. So attendees can tweet their questions, and he's going to answer some of those live oh, on stage after his talk. So it's going to be pretty legit. Oh man. Just saying. Good choice, Kelly. <laughs> Sammy, something you're excited about? 
Um, yeah, so I'm pretty excited. I will be at Story. Um, You're going to be interviewing a lot of these people we're talking yeah, about so backstage. A lot of the time, too, I'm going to be backstage doing some more interviews for, to share on this podcast. So even if you're not going to be at Story or can't make it, stay tuned because some of these speakers will be um, on our show later on. We just had someone drop off a, a chainsaw. A chainsaw on our Literally podcast. someone came. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome just, to Story he just, Headquarters. Yes. And he just put it like gave us a thumbs up and just dropped it off. Do you, know, so, you know who that is, I right? do know okay, what that good. chainsaw is okay. for. It's, uh, it's involved. Halloween is coming. It's actually involved in a project for the lobby experience. But yes, we're, we're here wow. at the... We're here at the offices, uh, story headquarters, literally. And yeah. she's not joking. That wasn't planned. Someone walked <laughs> through the door, put a chainsaw on the floor of the room next to the conference room we're in right now, gave us a smile and a thumbs up, and then left. Uh, and it's so funny. Anyway, so that's why I was a little bit distracted in that last part. But anyways, I hope we keep this in. That's funny. Um, but anyways. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to be interviewing a lot of the speakers backstage while a lot of the conference is going on, and we're going to be sharing those on the show. So stay mm-hmm. tuned for post-story um, conference because this show will keep running. Um, we're yeah. not stopping after this. Um, but another thing I'm really excited about, too, is just to see the community that comes out. I've been to story conference before, and a lot of my favorite parts, are, like you said, have really surprised me. A lot of my favorite moments have been just with conversations with people that have been sitting next to me um so yeah have you checked the guest list like do you know who all is coming do you yeah, peek on the attendees yeah we just uh actually i just wrote an email to go out tomorrow about that that very idea hmm. you know like i'm excited that one of your favorite things that you're anticipating is just interacting with other attendees and that's that's so you right because you're so about community and just interacting with other people and um yeah it's a really impressive list i mean Sometimes you look through the people that are registering and then you compare that with the speaker list and like as a conference director, you're always hyping your speaker list to attendees going, look how amazing these people's resumes are. Mm. And then you look at the people registering that are coming to hear from those presenters and you're like, I think half of them could literally be up on stage Mm. giving talks at story in the future. Um, I mean, we have fortune 500 companies that are sending employees like Disney uh, and some other companies and. Um, I don't want to, I want to be careful and not name too many people. Uh, we have so many marketing and branding agencies, creative agencies that are coming in from cities like LA, Chicago, New York, who are winning awards, things like, uh, lion awards from can and the, um, ad age is it ad week, ad weeks, ad age is small agency of the year for 2015. Like they're bringing a big group you start looking through this list and it's just, it's mind blowing. Um, mm. we have probably more than a dozen. I bet of the largest uh, churches and faith communities in the country that are sending their creative teams. Um, a lot of the other conference directors, some of the biggest conferences in the country, Story is a smaller boutique conference for the creative community. But you have all these other conferences that do these live simulcasts and end up having attendees from around the world that are tuning in live that are in the six figures. Like, you know, I, just, I can think of just two other conference directors alone that are coming to Story this year uh, and their teams produce an experience that's consumed by literally a quarter million people combined. So just a, it's a really amazing list for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, and I can't wait to have some of them on this podcast in the future. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pumped about story this year and it's hard to believe that we're already on episode. This is six, right? I believe so. Cause I remember we started this idea six weeks ago. Kellen, how long have I been saying we're going to start a podcast? Oh man. Maybe so long. Yeah, I remember when we first took over Story, it was one of those things where it's like, we gotta, we've got to do everything we can to create a sense of community and serve that creative community year round, not just a two day conference once a year. I just want Story to be so much more than just a conference. And I, I thought if we want to create that movement of the way stories are told and serve the people that are telling those stories, we've got to, we've got to do some more stuff to serve them. And so a podcast seemed a natural way to do that. It hasn't been absolutely. Um, like the full execution of what my vision could be. I think this podcast is going to continue to improve and get even better. Um, and uh, post story when we have some more time and resources to invest into making this podcast as great as it can be, I think it's going to become that much better. Mm-hmm. I'm just excited that we finally got around to being able to just, as Seth Godin would say, ship it to just get it done. Sure. And so we launched the idea and here we are six weeks from the thing we were talking about six weeks ago. Um, 
We're scrappy, but we're strong. <laughs> we're I love that. That's good. <laughs> yeah, we need to put that up on the office wall. Somewhere. Small, scrappy, but strong. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and the week of, I can't think of a better person than Britt to be interviewing. Mm, yeah. Um, so this week, you know, I, our intro is a little bit longer. We would just sit down and talk about some of the things that we're really excited about leading up to story three days from now, depending on when you're listening to this. Um but I, I feel like we say this a lot. I hope I don't sound like a broken record, but so many of our guests on this show are people who embody everything that story represents. And Britt Gilmore is just one of those people. Absolutely. The founder, mm-hmm. or she's not the founder of Giving Keys. She's the president. And so she's just leading the charge day in, day out of this, ma- what has grown into a massive team of people, right? Right. And so she has this really cool experience because it's, a, it's an organization that is known for its creativity. A lot of uh, creators and storytellers look up to them and just the Giving Keys brand in general. But I think what might often be unappreciated about them is, um, I mean, she is she's running a huge company that employs, I think she said 70 people full-time, right? Yeah, um, and, and all not of their leadership people, team is women. But people who are transitioning out of homelessness. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they have their whole team. Um, and, I, and I love that their, their entire leadership team is women. Yeah, in the heart yeah, of LA. Right. Um, and now their brand is ex- being extended to like all these higher profile men that are starting to wear the keys. And it's just, it's just really cool. Mm-hmm. So much good it's stuff. It's an amazing story. Yeah. yeah. And I'm glad Kellen's on today. Kellen's the one that uh, secured this, this guest. And so uh, she and Britt have been friends for a while. And we found out Britt was in Nashville. So she texted her and said, Hey, can you swing by the office, do a quick podcast? She was so pumped Interview. for it. Yeah. She was excited. So she loves story and story loves, loves, loves giving geese. And so let's jump into it. This is our conversation with Britt Gilmore, president of Giving Keys. You guys are going to love this one. So much good stuff. We're here with Britt. We're in Nashville. Love it. Yes. Love Nashville. uh, (laughs) Yes. Thanks for taking the time to come in and chat with us today. Thanks for having me. Uh, We are excited to hear all things Giving Keys. Sammy actually wore a Giving Key today to our interview. (laughs) Yeah. I I love the Giving Keys. What does yours say? My Giving Key says worthy. And it was given to me by a friend. And so it means even that much more. I love the Giving Keys. I've been a really big fan for a long time. My husband and I both have. Um, actually it's a cool story. My husband wore his giving key for about a year. He got it last summer and then, um, his word was create. And over the last year he's created a new podcast, a new good newsletter. He's created all this stuff, more content than he's ever made in his life. Wow. And, um, while he was actually, we were out at the park taking some photos for a shoot that he was doing, his necklace broke and his key fell off (laughs) and it was almost exactly a year later. And I was like, okay, it's time for you to give your key to somebody else who needs it. Yeah. Yeah. Literally it just fell off. It just fell off of him. Yeah. I love that because, you know, in the creative community, there's so much cynicism, right? Because we're exposed to so much and we see so many different things and it, it drives this cynicism into our hearts and our minds. And it's hard to say things like you're changing the world because it sounds like that's not possible. But what I love about that is even hearing that story, like you're literally changing the world. And Mm -hmm. so the impact of the giving keys, and you know this because you're the president and you're leading the charge (laughs) with this organization, but I mean, those kind of stories, what you guys are doing is trickling down to people like Brandon. He's wearing it, passing it on. It's changing the way that he creates and inspiring him. The stories that he tells are heard by, you know, tens of thousands of people. So it's just really cool. So I want to talk today a little bit about the impact that you're having and your work. But before we dig into that, kind of give those new listeners that are jumping on the, on the show right now that have, maybe they're just not completely familiar with the giving keys, or I think sometimes I'm even guilty of this. Oh, I've heard of an organization but that doesn't mean I can articulate the story of how mm, it began. Yeah. There's yeah. so much meaning in this story. So kind of start by just telling us about Caitlin's story and how sure. this whole thing started. Yeah. So uh, Caitlin is our founder and CEO, Caitlin Crosby. And she started off in life living in L.A., having a dad who was a talent manager and growing up in this culture of like idyllic beauty and this emphasis on being perfect and being beautiful and being um, 
successful and famous and all of that. So she got mm. to be around this world of, of seeing people like go through that arc of like rising to fame, experiencing some of, somewhat of the emptiness in that and then them feeling like depressed or yeah. unhappy. And she was like, this isn't what life is about. And I think that that's honestly like such a gift that she got to experience that really early on. Um, but it kind of, that whole experience led her to this place of like wanting to rebel against that culture. So she created this thing called Love Your Flaws, which was an organization that was all about loving yourself, embracing your imperfections, knowing that that's a part of who you are and a part of your story. Mm -hmm. So she would travel around to colleges and high schools and talk to young girls about body image issues. Um, she actually started with Brie Larson, the, the girl that won the Academy Award for Room. Um, so they're good friends and it's just cool to kind of reflect on that season of Caitlin's life and see how it rolled into what the Giving Keys is now. So fast forward to, she was um, writing a record. It was called Flaws and it was all the themes that sure. people experienced and love your flaws in, in that organization. And um, she was touring that record and was in New York playing a show, staying at a hotel. And the key was, or the, the room key was an actual key. It wasn't one of the credit card keys with a magnetic strip. So which is already probably not a coincidence because that's very rare. Right. right. Yeah. Right. So she didn't want to lose it. So she threw it on a chain and was wearing it like as a necklace and then was like, Oh, this is kind of rad. Yeah. <laughs> I want to wear this. So that was kind of step one. Um, and then fast forward to, she was at a locksmith. Someone in front of her was getting, uh, numbers stamped into their key to identify it from other keys and she was like oh my god can I get letters like could I get love your flaws put on this key because she had her whole merch table was like all love your flaws it was like bags and pins and like everything that you could ever put a message on had love your flaws on it so they couldn't fit love your flaws on the key so she got the word love and then purchased a bunch of the other vintage keys behind the counter from the locksmith and, and asked if he could hit other words into them so she started giving them away as birthday presents and taking them on her tour. And so on her merch table, um, they would actually sell out more than her albums. <laughs> wow. <laughs> she, I love the way she tells the story. She's always like, cool, guys. I just like bared my soul to you on stage and you want to buy these key necklaces. <laughs> um, but little by little, she started hearing these stories of uh, people wearing them and and the impact that they were having on their life. And yeah. at a certain point she started asking people to give them away. So you wear this word as a reminder that you're unique, just like this key, you find a word that you need, embrace that for your life. And then at some point, give it away to somebody that needs that message more than you. And these amazing stories started rolling in of like, my mom had cancer, gave her my key. She went into remission, gave it to someone else in the cancer ward. Hmm. They went into remission wow. and it was just this ripple effect from this one tiny little metal object with the, the word on it. And the word's obviously the most important part. Um, but it got a lot of momentum and she was thinking like, okay, I gotta, I gotta like, I wanna use this to, to do something good for people. The product itself is already good, but how can I make this like a give back mm -hmm. opportunity? So fast forward to her being at an Invisible Children documentary screening in Hollywood she was watching this content and just so moved feeling like I've got to do something to help people, which I am always like, Caitlin, you're already doing so much. Like love your flaws was helping so many people. The keys are helping so many people, but that's just her. She's sure. like so abundant and so generous and so compassionate. It just is it. There's no end to that for her. Um, just like in her person, which mm -hmm. is a really beautiful thing to, to be around and to work for. But she, um, walked out of that screening, saw this homeless couple sitting on the sidewalk with a sign that said, ugly, broken, hungry. And so she canceled her acting class that night, um, took them to dinner, got their whole life story. And at a certain point in the story, their names are Rob and Sarah. Um, Caitlin said to Sarah, I love your necklace. It's so cute. And Sarah's response was, I made this. I actually make jewelry. And it was this like light bulb moment for Caitlin where she's like, oh my gosh, I'm having this locksmith hit these keys and I'm like stringing them up on all kinds of different chains and I should have you do this. Like, <laughs> this is the way that the giving keys can 
can support people. And it wasn't even like a thought in her mind when she met them. It was just this organic moment that happened at this dinner. So they were the first people that she ever employed um, that were transitioning out of homelessness. And their story, in a super, super tiny little nutshell, was that they went from being in a dumpster to moving into a hotel to moving into an apartment. And then little by little, um, saved up enough money that Rob moved back to Seattle and went to college. He got his GED while he was working for the Giving Keys. Tested Sheesh. the 90th percentile. Like, super smart guy. Um, and then so incredible. Sarah moved down to San Diego with her daughter. So that's... And was she was working for the San Diego Zoo. So they were the first couple. And that's kind of like... That's the that's the origin story. And then from there, it's evolved and matured and, and so grown. So amazing. But, yeah. You know, like, one of the things on my mind right now is I hear you tell this story. Um, I think a lot of people in the creative community, they're always sitting in these meetings, brainstorming, trying to come up with a great idea. Mm. We see other great ideas and we go, I wish I would have thought of that. And yet when you hear the stories behind all these great ideas, you almost discover that they didn't come when someone was sitting around going, I need to create something. Yeah. What can I create? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like the people that are labeled as some of the most creative people in the world. It's not that they sit and come up with ideas. Mm -hmm. It's almost like they're really good observers of what's already going on around them and they figure out how can I take that and make it meaningful and do something with it so that the story spreads. Right. They're already taking that next step forward and then just running into the idea. Yeah. It's not like she's like, what if I created jewelry and put a key on a chain? That would be cool. It's that she needed to keep track of her key. And so she put it on a chain and then someone complimented her on it. And she was like, Oh, maybe there's something here. You know, it was just Mm, paying, paying paying attention attention. to what's going on. So maybe we just need to do a better job of paying attention. Keeping your eyes open. Yeah. 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 And obviously there's still that, and that doesn't like in no way does that take away some of the credit of all the creativity that was required to take that thing and take it to the next levels. But it started by just being observant. Right. And I think that that's what, makes the story so special is that it was never there was never this intention of starting a business at all it was just this like series of events that organically turned into this really beautiful concept and i think that that's a really hopeful thing for people who uh do want to have an impact or use their time and their resources to do something meaningful you don't have to have it all figured out if you just take the one step that's in front of you that you know to take and just yeah. trust that like other pieces are going to come. So maybe true art and creativity isn't forced yeah. as much as it is just organically. It just happens and pours out of you. Mm-hmm. I want to, knowing that story, I want to kind of fast forward to today. Yeah. So, um, you see, so Caitlin is your founder, CEO, but as the president, I imagine you're, you're kind of leading the organization these days, day in and day out, managing the teams. You've got a lot on your plate. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about that. What is a typical day? for you look like day in the life it's always different (laughs) there's certain there's certain rhythms and routines that are are weekly um and daily but it's meeting with our leadership team all of our department heads to talk through where we at with the main projects the main goals of the business and kind of weekly checking in on all of those things brainstorming about we ran into a hurdle here how do we get past that um how big is that team that is it's always growing we just, I'm, like, I'm in Nashville right now doing training with one that just started two weeks ago. So we have a director of marketing, we have a VP of ops, we have a director of community impact and culture, a director of sales, an e-commerce manager, a controller. Did I say that one already? No. Okay. And a senior product developer. So this is big. Yeah. It's a big this team. This isn't like... A girl who was a musician who's like, I only make some jewelry in my garage. No, you, you guys have grown into a huge organization. Yeah, we have like 70 employees now. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. So you're leading them. Yes. Regular meetings. Yeah, regular meetings, checking in on just the most important priorities for the business. Um, it's a lot of external meetings. Like I'm right now, we're working on this whole retail front. That's kind of like the next phase. And so I was saying to you guys earlier, like my job really is looking at the next frontier and kind of walking out ahead of everybody and investigating it, figuring out like how do we as the Giving Keys approach this new idea or this new initiative um, through through the lens of our brand DNA, which is a very unique DNA because it's like a fashion company, but it's 
a missional company and you have to balance sure. those right. things. Right. So investigating yeah. the new frontiers. So that's retail for us right now. So that's also what I'm doing in Nashville is a little bit of recon mission to love figure that. out what neighborhoods we could maybe do a little Ooh, store. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, welcome to Nashville and our offices. Kellen on our team raves about the Giving Keys offices all the time. She's like, it's so cool. Yeah. You so guys got to come visit. You guys have a really creative space. We would love that. Let's talk a little bit about what you just touched on. I think, you know, earlier when we were talking, you were, you were just, you said this phrase repeatedly to me and I wrote it down. Um, you said that giving keys is an impact driven brand. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of other people out there listening that they either are serving nonprofit clients, uh, through their agency or they're a freelancer who's being hired by a nonprofit or they're interested in starting a nonprofit or doing their own thing. Cause they have mm-hmm. this own aha moment where they were wearing something around a chain in a hotel <laughs> and they're like, we got to do something for this. Yeah. Um, tell us more about that phrase. What does that mean to you? I think it means that we care about people. That's the heart of it. And I think that also ties back to the way it all started is that Caitlin wasn't trying to be a social entrepreneur. And that's actually one of the things that she talks about and we collectively talk about a lot is don't start something because you want to start something. Find find the thing that you care about. Find the thing that you're actually passionate about or the group of people that you really love and like want to serve and build around that, mm. that organic passion and... and um, so, I mean, being an impact business means that you actually care and that you're doing something to solve a problem. So that's kind of like the broad stroke. But for us, it means that we're employing people transitioning out of homelessness. So we are partnering with agencies in L.A. that help us find employees that are um, in the process of getting housed and moving into a better life, a more self-sustaining life. And so we provide that job opportunity and sometimes it's people that haven't been in the workforce for over 20 years so giving them uh really really we're we're creating an opportunity it it's all all the success uh is on is on the employee and i mean that in in a really really good way that they're the owner of the outcomes and we just kind of create the space for it to happen so i never want us to take this position that we're like saving people or we're just we're just creating an opportunity you're empowering people yes exactly yeah. exactly yeah. so i love that what what do you feel like some of the challenges have been in working with the homeless community because i can hear a lot of people right now when they even me if you're like hey i want your next hire to be someone who is trying to get off the streets it's like okay like there's no resume or like previous mm. experience potentially for me to rely on it just it feels so intimidating and scary yeah how has that been challenging for you guys and how have you overcome that? Yeah. It sounds like you're really committed to that idea. It's part of the DNA of the company. So yes, I think leaning into our partners has been a really big, um, a really big learning for us that we don't need to reinvent the wheel. We don't need to create all of these systems. We don't need to be the case manager. We need to build the right network of relationships with case managers and, uh, housing opportunities and, be the liaison hmm. to connect those services. And then we just get to be the, the employer, the managers and the friends and really taking like an advocacy kind of posture in all of those relationships is, is the way that we approach that. Um, to, to your, to your point or question of like what challenges have we faced with that? People are coming in for all different reasons. Like, Right now we have a woman who her daughter experienced a, a medical issue that was really, really, really expensive and it just leveled their family financially and she's been working to provide for them and it's just really, really challenging to make enough money to support four children and live in LA. So no kidding. That's that's one story, but then the other stories are people that were dealing with drug addiction and went down a path for however many years and are ready to get out of it and to see them overcome that and be committed to to building a different life is is a really beautiful thing i would say more often than not we're experiencing people that are really committed to changing and so our job's actually really easy Hmm. um but and in many ways that might make them more enthusiastic i suppose than 
you know, someone who has multiple job opportunities, I guess, because they really want to do a great job. Yeah. But there are also some moments. <laughs> We've had some some tough moments. Not going to lie about that or make it sound like it's all squeaky clean and, and easy. But, um, yeah, I mean, we all have stuff that we're dealing with and people come in with that. And sure. if they've got addiction in their past or dealing with substance issues, like that's gnarly stuff. And it's, it's really challenging to overcome those things at times. So how have you not quit that? Cause I would imagine like there's been times where you have conversations behind closed doors. Like, do we really want to commit to this idea? Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like it was a part of your DNA, but how have you not walked away from that all these years? Because it still works. Even if it doesn't work for everybody, the, the industry standard for, uh, employment programs like ours is it's about a 50% turnover rate. So we're at 70%, which I'm excited about yeah. and I'm very proud of our team. Um, but you just have to go into it knowing that not everyone's gonna make it through to the other side, which yeah. is really, that's like very hard and a heavy thing, but all the other stories of the people that have stayed committed and have made the choices to get to a new spot in life that makes it totally worth it. Like right before I came to Nashville, one of our production associates had recently gotten promoted to a production coordinator. And I walked through the uh, production room and she stopped me and she was like, I just had to give my first presentation to the production team. And I'm like shaking and freaking out, but it was so fun. (laughs) And she was so thrilled. And so like just beaming with confidence and pride and joy. And just those are, those are the stories that keep you going on the days when somebody is having a really hard time or something comes up and we've got to let somebody go or release them from the program. So it all, it's all worth it though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really curious. I'm curious what Sammy's thinking right now because I'm sitting here listening to you speak and realizing that you have a female founder, you're a female president. (laughs) Yeah. Um, our entire leadership team is all women. Yeah. So how is that? You're in the heart of LA. It's not exactly a, uh, I mean, it's a man eat man world out there sometimes, yeah. right? And yeah. so how, anything to say on that, that topic? Well, we have security at the office. Really? If that's what, you, <laughs> I don't no, know if no, you're getting no, after not, like the safety thing. But no, no, no. Like I, yeah. I mean, I'm interacting. I wouldn't mess with you. <laughs> <laughs> I think my questions are less security. I'm just, you know, I think it, it empowers a lot of the women that might be listening. Mm, um, mm-hmm. because yeah, I mean, that's a hundred percent. leadership team is all women. Yeah. Um, it's and amazing. yet you're making products that you know, we'll talk about that in a second, but like that are somewhat masculine now, or at least unisex. Yep. And so it's not like you're just serving only women. Yeah. Right. Um, has that been challenging? Has that been intentional? I guess is also a question I'm wondering too. Has it been intentional that you've hired only women? We not, it's definitely not intentional. It's sort of the kind of, that's the people that we attract. So we've actually tried to like work on the employer brand and when we're doing job postings, making them sound like attractive to men. (laughs) (laughs) We definitely want to have diversity on the team. We're not trying to like keep it be all female. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Cause we want male perspective when we're having a meeting about product. I want a guy at the table to say, yeah, I would never wear that or (laughs) no, I love that. I would totally wear it. Um, but not intentional, but really cool to work with so many amazing women Hmm. that are so talented. And I think it just gets me excited about the future of opportunities for women and that we're a part of this. Absolutely. That makes me excited. Yeah. 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 If you, if you need the guy's opinion for just for the sake of having a guy on the team and going, would he wear that? (laughs) Uh, I would love to be a part, but if you're doing it for diversity's sake, like, uh, I don't think I would worry about it too much. There's so many organizations out there being led by hundred percent men. And I say more power to you guys. You yeah. guys are adding your diversity to the marketplace already. And that, yeah. that fires me up. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Tell me about this black key you're wearing around your neck. Yeah. I wasn't sure I was going to ask you about it, but I can't <laughs> not ask because I know this, uh, if anyone's listening who assumes that the giving keys is this very feminine brand, um, oh, the, no, no. the answer is yes and no, it, that might've been the case. And yeah. it's so much of your consumers and customers have been driven by yeah. women, but 
like that's pretty dang cool i'm yeah. sitting here looking at it going i would totally rock that it, so the, the story behind this is really cool we we should probably describe it too because everyone's like what's he talking yeah, about so we have this matte black key it's matte black which is way cooler than yeah yeah matte black's the just the coolest thing right now and uh we it's like our our classic pendant so it's 27 inches long it's on a black ball chain but it just has this like gritty cool mm-hmm. vibe and i wear mine like every single day but i also am obviously wearing black, black. head to toe that's <laughs> just my uniform but we caitlin had this idea that she wanted to do a matte black key and figure out a way to like get jay-z to wear it like that was the goal like let's make a matte <laughs> black key and get jay-z to wear it i'm sure he'd love it yeah yeah but so we that was kind of like in everyone's consciousness we started working on the product development um and then we wanted to give it as a gift to all of our employees so caitlin picked a word for each employee and they got a custom matte black key as their their gift for the holiday season last year so we were all wearing our black keys around town and people are like that's so sick i want one so we're like okay we should probably this is a good test we have like 50 people out there wearing these keys and the response has been so great so let's let's open it up let's go public with it so we just launched it in august and it's actually done five times better than any other product that we've ever launched in giving keys history that's amazing so has jay-z worn it yet no still working on it that's okay it's new it's new it'll get there i'm pretty sure he's a podcast listener yeah probably yeah shout out to (laughs) jay-z Hey, Jay-Z, if you're listening, we've got a gift for you. Uh, Email us. Yeah, that's great. I, I love it. I would totally wear it. It's really cool. Yeah, and it's awesome for guys and girls. And I think that other classic pendants, like mm-hmm. the brass color, that's a really unisex color. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so have, yeah. Have you, had, have you dealt with, like, copycats and people oh, are like, oh, I'm going to... Oh, my gosh. Yes. It's so sad. Hmm. It's so, like, it's sad to me because we have to reach out to some of them and be like, Hey, so this is our thing. Kind of yeah. like doing the exact same thing that we are. <laughs> yeah. But we're, I mean, our whole brand is about like compassion and abundance. Right. And believing the best in people right. and all of those things. So it's really hard sometimes to kind of lay the smack down and be like, yeah. hey. That's well, you guys are literal trendsetters, can't. right? And then all yeah. of a sudden someone's coming along going, I want to jump, jump on that train, yeah. that yeah. new trend of wearing keys. And usually the people that are copying it are doing it for a really good reason like they're raising money for mm. a, like a nonprofit or right. so do you reach something. out to them and say hey we love this can you, we partner with you guys on this and sometimes yes and then sometimes we'll say can you tweak it can you just change it a little bit so it's differentiated from what we're doing mm. um and those conversations do you are have to deal with those conversations for the most part we have a legal team okay so i manage that relationship with the legal team and mm-hmm. kind of we we collaborate on how to approach each different case mm-hmm. um but they they do the the dirty work what's the creative culture like at giving keys is there like a creative meeting once a week or uh, our marketing team is the coolest bunch of kids ever seriously i told our director of they marketing, like surf and skateboard and they're all californians and the, uh they're more like really cool like you're almost intimidated by them a little bit because they like <laughs> wear all black. I mean, I'm wearing all black, but they all wear like a lot of black and they just, I don't know what it is, but they just have this like cool vibe about them. Um, but they're like the kindest, sweetest people too. It's not like they're standoffish or cold or anything like that, but they just, there's this very like collaborative sort of energy around campaigns and video content and copywriting. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's fun. And we pack it in, in our office. We've got 6,000 square feet and 70 people. So it's, it's tight. So everyone's like elbow to elbow and yeah, seeing that's almost, I'm not good at math. That's almost like a hundred square foot per person, which is not, not very much if it includes like warehouse and stuff, I'm assuming, right? Yep. Yeah. That's all of our inventory and everything. We're getting ready to move. Thank God. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations (laughs) on that. That's always a good sign. Well, I'm hearing this theme. So I have so much respect for you and what you're helping build. And Mm, you wear black. And you're raving about this creative (laughs) team. And they all wear black. And all my friends give me a hard time because I wear a black solid t-shirt almost every single day of my life. Do it. 
Um, There's so, this thing called decision fatigue. And you're looking mm-hmm. for some diversity yeah, among real. your team. I'm, I'm just thinking maybe I, <laughs> I could have a potential future moving to California. Is this going to turn into me interviewing Yankees? you now <laughs> for a job? We don't have to record that part, but yes. Uh, no, I think it's amazing. Yeah. Thank you just for, man. I have, I don't even know where to start. There's so many things to, to thank you for. Yeah. Um, and I loved Sammy starting with, we didn't even talk about that. I didn't even know that story. Um, cause this was the last second thing yeah. we found out you were in Nashville and Kellen texted you like, Hey, can you come by the office? Yeah. And so, you know, I texted Sammy going, Hey, can you come in? And not even knowing that story, it's just, it's another example that's really close to home for me of just the impact that you guys are having around the world. And, I know that that idea of impact driven brands, that's, it almost seems like a, that's like the cool thing to do these days. Sure, everyone yeah. wants to be the next giving keys or Tom shoes and everyone wants to put social entrepreneur in their Twitter bio. Yes. Um, and I'm sure for people who are genuinely that I'm sure that can sometimes be annoying to you guys. Um, it's not annoying to me at all. I'm all about it. I'm, I am like all about people starting good ideas and being successful in them and changing the way business thinks and operates. Yeah. I but I'm, but I'm also not about people just doing it for the sake of doing it. Right. It's like what you're talking about. Yeah. Organic passions. Yeah. Following yeah. what you truly believe in, not just because it's trendy or because it's cool or it cause cause marketing yeah, works right yeah. now. Yeah. 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 That's more of what I'm thinking. I, I would imagine you guys are annoyed by the people that are going, well, we just want to be a cool, I don't know. We want to yeah. be a hat company. And the trendy thing to do is if we give hats away to people <laughs> after we wear them right. for the year, or every time you buy one, we give one away. It's like, I, sure. I guess we should celebrate any good being done in the world because yeah. it, sometimes that good still makes a difference regardless of the motive of the person that's doing it. But I'm annoyed when that is the motive of let's just add this dynamic to it for the sake of us making more money. Yeah. 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 So thank you guys for being an example of just a creative entrepreneurship and brands who are doing it right and are genuinely making a difference in the world around them. Thank you. So we're big fans of giving keys that story. Thank you. And big uh, fans of you guys. We're cheering (laughs) you on from afar. Thank you. All right. So I think we have three final questions that we like to ask yeah. all of our guests. They're really fun. Okay. And the first question is, what is your favorite book? Oh, wow. The favorite book. I'm just going to go with the first thing that comes to mind. Perfect. Um, there's this book called Bonhoeffer um, by this guy, Eric Metaxas. Fiction, and it's, nonfiction? Uh, I only read nonfiction. I kind of cool. hate that about myself like I want to be one of those people that's like I read I'm this mostly, amazing novel yeah yeah I mostly read nonfiction too but I, I feel like I don't have I mostly read nonfiction. probably yeah 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 sometimes I, I feel like I don't it. have time for fiction which is so sad because I want that but totally I've had to make more time this year to because you have to invest a lot more into learning this different world, these different characters where it's, you have to learn the world building essence of it yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. But yeah, so this book, tell me about it. So there's this guy, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was a contemporary of Karl Barth, who was a theologian in Germany. And the super short version is that he went from being a pacifist to being a part of a group of people that plotted to assassinate Hitler. Whoa. And to, go through the arc of his story and, and what motivated his decisions. He's just such a fascinating guy. And and that book is like four inches thick, I yeah, think. So it's now big. I know why you don't have time to read. <laughs> so you're all wrapped up in that book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's worth a read for sure. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Second question. What's something that most people don't know about you that you think is crazy? Oh, wow. That's a... It could be really silly. I think... Annie was our last interview, and she said that most people don't know that she wears slacks to bed. Which she, is really she wears socks, socks to bed. <laughs> she sleeps in socks. Nice. I've been friends with her for years and didn't know that, obviously. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she doesn't go around holding up a sign that's like, I sleep in socks. But it's definitely crazy. I can't sleep in socks. I can't. I, that feeling is the worst feeling, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Annie, how do you do that? Don't know. Um, what is something that people don't know about me? I am like seriously drawing the most major blank right now on this one um i guess most people don't know that i'm actually from tennessee well because i like tout my i'm like detroit pride like i love that i grew up in detroit and that's really where i spent the majority of my life Oh, okay but i was born in chattanooga 
Chattanooga. No, yeah. Yeah. that's my hometown. Really? Well, sort of. I claim Chattanooga because it's the closest city, and my, my town <laughs> wasn't on a map. But yeah, so if you take yeah. Highway 27 up towards Dayton, Tennessee, yeah, I grew up in the town just past Dayton. Amazing. So, yeah, we grew up like 45 minutes from each other. Yes. Yeah. So I we consider were, that crazy. Were you born in Tennessee too? Yeah. We were all born in Tennessee. Holla, Holla. Tennessee. And we're Tennessee. doing Tennessee. And story this year's story is happening in Tennessee. So there's a lot of Tennessee love going on right awesome. now. I'm feeling it. Yes. All right, so third question. What have you found to be your greatest source of inspiration, especially whenever mm. you're in a rut? Wow. Um, when I'm in a rut, honestly, I kind of revisit my 18-year-old self and how sort of unbridled I was in my creativity and what I thought was possible, which I still think I mm. live in that headspace pretty regularly. I mean, in the job that I'm in, we're kind of breaking boxes all over the place. But um, yeah, I think that just reflecting on that time in my life when this dream that I'm getting to live in now was sort of in its formation, mm. that's, it was just a really special time for me. So like going back to that source of um, like fresh energy type yeah of yeah and I just journaled a lot and had like a lot of space and time to think about life and what I felt like I was created to do and just like ponder mm-hmm. on all of that and meditate on all of that and that's that's like a really refreshing thing to reflect on for me mm-hmm. and just kind of rejuvenates my sense of purpose if there's ever a, a tough day or a hard conversation or something that makes this feel challenging in its day-to-day expression I really love that I do you know um Glennon Melton no. she just wrote a new book called Love Warrior and I saw I don't know if this is one of her books but I saw on Instagram she posted a picture of her room and she kept a picture of her as a kid hmm. in a frame in her room to remind her to if she doesn't love herself like on days that she should at least try to love the inner child in herself wow. and the girl that she like has always been and always will be so she keeps that picture on in her bedroom to remind her that's beautiful to always treat herself at, like she would want to be treated as a kid wow yeah that's, that's really cool. i love that yeah yeah i want to go do that <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> yeah what a cool uh, what a cool note to finish this interview on yeah. thanks again for joining us thank you guys for this cheering you on from afar thank you That was good. It was good. And I say that every time. We've got to we've got to find a more creative way because every <laughs> single time we talk to someone, you and I are looking at each other over these microphones, going, "That was so good." Yeah, but it we're really always is. impressed. They're yeah. so good. Yeah. Like these, I don't know how we're getting to interview such awesome people uh, with such amazing stories, um, but I'm super impressed by Britt. Yeah, me like, too. They are killing it. I've out been there in LA. A, I've been a fan of the Giving Keys for a really long time, and just meeting her and seeing how genuine her perspective is it's really amazing yeah any highlights from the interview what stood out to you the most totally yeah i think my favorite i have two favorite parts i really liked whenever i think it was you and her were both talking about listening uh, for good ideas Hmm. um that naturally come up in your life and not having to just sit at the table and brainstorm okay what's gonna work well just following that natural path in life that happens and paying attention to things. And I also really liked her phrase, following your organic passion. I think that also came from the conversation we were talking about um, social good type of products. Instead of using this um, trend, almost it seems like it is right now, to manipulate people, it's being genuine. Yeah. 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 I, I hope agree. that makes sense. <clears throat> makes perfect sense. You know, and I, as I said, I, it's, it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Cause as I've been interviewing these higher profile creative people, you know, it, there's this naturally occurring theme of how did you come up with that idea? And mm-hmm. it didn't happen sitting around a table. Like that's how they problem solved. And they always had to have the brainstorm session on how to improve the idea or execute sure. the idea or make the idea better. But the source of the idea was rarely like, let's get around a table and come up with a really good idea. Yeah. More yeah. often, the things that everyone is talking about, wishing they had thought of it, usually it's something that happened almost by accident. 
And that's not to take any credit away from the creator of that idea. It's just, they were doing something and then somebody commented on it and then it sparked their imagination. And they said, what if we did this? And it was really just them asking good questions mm-hmm. and paying really close attention to what's going on in the world around them. Right. Yeah. It was just Excellent. so good. This exactly what I wanted to say, but you said it for me. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah. For me, one of the highlights is just kind of hearing, hearing the completion of that story for them. Like the fact that the thing that they're super excited about working on right now are these mini documentaries, this little mini series of the different stories that are forward. Yes. Yes. That's so cool. And if you really think about it, Giving Keys was launched out of her attending this documentary that she went to. She watched the screening. Mm, Yeah. I didn't even think about that. She walks out. She's deeply moved by that experience outside. She's supposed to, I think she said she was going off to an acting class or something like that. She cancels it because she meets this homeless couple that's sitting outside the theater, takes them to dinner. At some point in the dinner, the (laughs) lady that was homeless says, I love your necklace. And then like it hits her. She's like, again, it wasn't like she was sitting around going, who can I, who can I hire to make my necklaces? She was just taking the next step, doing what felt natural to her. And then all of a sudden the idea, it's almost like the idea was presenting itself to her. Mm. Um, And then that's been such a part of their culture, working with homeless, just the homeless community in general to be the people that are making these things and helping their Yeah. Helping them transition out of that. Yeah. 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 It's it's so incredible. And now that they're making documentaries, potentially with some of the same people who helped make the documentary that changed them so much, it just feels like the... it feels like the Very completion of a story, circle. yeah. even though it's not really the completion because they're going to continue on. So, mm. so good. So everyone should check them out. Obviously they are at the giving mm-hmm. the giving and same thing on social, right? It's just at the giving yeah. keys. Username is all the giving keys. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Stay tuned on the story podcast because, uh, we may take next week off because we're all going to be crazy busy pulling off story 2016. But once we come back from that off week, we have some killer guests lined up. Mm -hmm. So if you go to the story gathering uh, website, which is storygathering.com and take a look at that presenter list, um, I'm going to be doing some interviews with some of those people. Sammy's going to be interviewing a ton of those presenters and speakers and artists backstage. And those, that's going to be some amazing content. I can't wait to hear some of the stories that you get told backstage. I'm a little jealous. <laughs> I know I'm going to be busy doing other things, but so much of me is like, oh, I want to sit with you yeah, backstage at a yeah. table and talk to those people. I'm excited. Um, and there's something else that we're working on. If you have a VR headset, which sounds like crazy futuristic, but even if you uh, have like a Google Cardboard or they're less than $20, the little Whoa. cardboard VR okay. goggles that turn, because you use your smartphone as the screen. You can just put that into that. We're going to literally let people join us at the table backstage for the interviews. And so we're going to be creating some 360 content, and they can literally sit at the seat at the table backstage at Story with you and the person that you're interviewing wow. and look around and be it's a part gonna of it. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, that's going to be really cool. So stay tuned. Amazing episodes coming up on the Story Podcast. As always, thanks for listening. I am Harris the Third, And I'm Sammy Harvey. And we appreciate you guys tuning in. Have a great week. <laughs>